Welcome to the Church Leaders Podcast, where we're helping you lead better every day. And now here's your host. Hello, friends. As always, we have a great episode on the Church Leaders Podcast for you this week. I'm your host, Jason Day, and I had the opportunity to sit down and speak with Brian Houston, the global senior pastor and founder of Hillsong Church. In 1983, he and his wife, Bobby, founded a single church in the suburbs of Sydney, Australia. And that humble beginning has flourished, and they've been blessed to launch churches in 21 countries on five continents. Through Hillsong's college conferences, their podcast, uh, broadcasting, through their publishing, Brian trains and equips tens of thousands of Christian leaders. And his most recent book, There Is More, is releasing in late March 2018. So on this week's episode, Brian and I discuss the power of receptivity in our lives as ministry leaders and how this is vital both for ourselves and for our people as we live our lives expectant and ready for whatever God brings our way. Brian also shares some of the challenges he and his leadership team have faced over the years as the ministries of Hillsong have grown, and he offers some valuable and practical insights for leading well as your ministry develops. So now I invite you to listen in on my conversation with Brian Houston. Brian, it's such a pleasure to have you with us here on the Church Leaders Podcast. Thank you for making the time to share with us. Thank you for giving me the time. It's an honor. Awesome, brother. Now, Brian, you and Hillsong have a lot going on right now. Um, You look at your ministries around the world, some exciting things. Um, You have your newest book, There Is More, which is releasing March 20th. Um, Hillsong has churches and countries all across the world, and you guys are continuing to plant New churches continue to reach more people than ever. Hillsong Worship just won a Grammy, which was super awesome. Very excited yeah. for that. So so many incredible things um, are happening. Uh, let me ask you this. Did you and Bobby ever think back in the early 1980s when you were praying about and when you first planted Hillsong that you'd be experiencing all that you're experiencing today? <laughs> I get asked that question a lot, you know, and... In this book, I talk about always being a dreamer and always believing God, you know, to do something significant with my life. But we could never, ever, ever have imagined what was ahead. When, to be honest, we started our church in a suburb on the on the fringe of Sydney, and we were just hoping people would turn up next week. <laughs> we certainly weren't thinking of Grammys or Hollywood movies or some of these other, you know, external things that have come our way, but. Man, what an adventure it is. And I guess this book, There Is More, uh, is trying to encourage people to really believe that God has for them uh, so much more than they could ever ask or think. Yeah. And now your experience of, of, of God at work, and as we've seen Hillsong make such an impact um, over these years around the globe, and, and really God, as you've said, exceeding your expectations, you know, that is the heartbeat of, of your newest book. There's more. And your message seems to be that God is a God who can overcome those limitations that we face in life. Can you talk to us a, a bit about kind of the limitations and, and how oftentimes those limitations are limitations we, we sometimes put on ourselves, right? For sure. Well, I think my story, my wife Bobby's story is a great example of that because uh, I just look at some of the opportunity the Lord's brought our way you know, television channel, Hillsong channel and all these things. And I know it's beyond my capability to have 
orchestrated all of these things, and yet God's pulled it all together. And I think all of us, we're quicker to see the giftings in other people's lives than we are to see them in our own lives. Mm. And, uh, you know, we can always wish we could sing like that person or lead like that one or preach like this one. But if we just really trust God, that whatever is on our own life, that we we too have giftings and talents and, and a calling and a purpose, and we're faithful in the everyday to what God has put in front of us, that he has so much more for us. Uh, you know, I just, uh, I think most people, including many pastors and many leaders, underestimate, underestimate the way God sees them. God's the ultimate big thinker. I think sometimes uh, our greatest small thinking is about ourselves. Mm. And, uh, you know, if we just trust God and live our lives humbly, not arrogantly, and uh, be diligent with every opportunity that comes our way, my experience is keep at it long enough and you'll be absolutely amazed at just what God has done and what God can do. Right. Now, that's good. Now, now I, I would... I would think that some pastors might be listening and they say, they, they might be thinking, you know, Brian, yeah, from, from your experience, God has done crazy things because we step back and we look at all Hillsong has done across the world. But then we look at our church, you know, we're, we're a, a small church in a rural community. I, I'm doing all I can as a pastor. You know, I'm trying to be faithful. Yeah. I'm being humble. You know, I'm doing the work of the church. I'm honoring God. What encouragement would you give those pastors, because, you know, there's so many, obviously, around the world. Uh, Hillsong is unique. You know, the majority of churches all around the world are, um, you know, smaller churches, pastors who are just being faithful, oftentimes pastors who are, you know, working a day job and then, you know, ministering on the weekends. What what, what would you say to them and this whole idea of God has more for you? What does that what does that look like? How does that resonate with them? Uh just as you're talking, it reminds me of a time I was actually in Africa and South Africa, and I was telling a story about our church and our new building and how big it was and how uh, how much it cost and so on, and thinking I was inspiring people. And then someone piped up and said, "Look, most of these pastors are having their church in straw huts." Uh, you know, right, right. So in other words, they can't connect with what. And I was like. I was overwhelmed with my own stupidity. <laughs> that, that sometimes, you know, you forget where people are at. I, I, I honor people who, you know, they serve God faithfully. Maybe in a small community, in a in a rural town or a rural village in other parts of the world. And we've all got our own journey. But the idea of God having more for us applies to all of us, because whatever your journey, whatever your path, and whether it looks like mine or very different than mine, I still believe the principle that God saves us and he calls us and he calls us for his purpose is uh, something that applies to us all. And if people really live not just saved, you know, their devotional life, but they live called. In other words, they understand that they're saved for a purpose, they're saved for a reason, whether it's a leader in a small church or whether it's a leader some other area, walk of life, or whether it's a leader in a big city, big urban work. The truth is, all of us, I believe, God can do that exceeding abundant above whatever we could ask or think, and it will relate directly to his purposes for our lives. In, in the book, you touch on this idea of receptivity. Can, yes. can you talk to us a bit? I, I I love that that chapter, by the way. Can you talk to us a bit about what you mean by the power of receptivity and how does that impact our lives and our ministry? Yeah, look, I start that chapter by talking about my granddaughter and her first visit to Disneyland and just her wide-eyed wonder 
uh, as the parade went by and she like i'll never forget it her her receptivity if you like her her uh absolute joy about what she was seeing and what she was witnessing is something i'll never forget and i love being around people who live life wide-eyed they're receptive they uh they're not closed books that they've got a desire to learn a desire to grow and you know there's something about receptivity which in some other ways you could call it curiosity you could call it a lot of things that opens doors for us in life and uh you know there's a in uh, Nehemiah, the story of Ezra getting up on a wooden platform, opens the book, the, the law, starts to read from it. And the moment he starts to read, all the people stand up, and they throw their hands in the air, they shout amen before throwing themselves on the floor and worshiping God. And I'm thinking, you know, imagine if in church these days there was that kind of receptivity where all we had to do <laughs> was open the book and everyone stood up. Hands right. the air, you know, because receptivity, I think it opens doors for us. And whether it was like Zacchaeus up there in the tree, he was receptive. Uh, you know, there's many stories you could tell in the scriptures where receptivity opened doors for people. And so I want to live my life like that. I want to live my life receptive, wide-eyed, appreciative, uh, always learning, always curious. And uh, I think that it's a, it's a great key, actually, to the more that God has for people. Amen. Yeah, I, I think back to, as a pastor, you know, I would encourage my people kind of in this way and encourage them to, you know, be, be praying that God would open your eyes to those things that he's doing around you. But be careful because that's kind of, a, in a way, a dangerous prayer because once you start praying that way, once you start, as you've said, being receptive and wide-eyed and open, you're going to start seeing things that God is doing all around you that you've that you've been missing. And this idea, um, you talk about being ready as well. So not only receptive and looking for where God's at work, but then ready to um, step in and, and see what he's doing and, and allow yourself to be stretched so that that readiness is key for us um, as Christ followers as well, correct? Yes, it is. And I think, you know, if you look at it naturally, uh, I've never felt ready for whatever stage in life God's called me into. I've always felt uh, like it was too early, you know. And so readiness is a choice too that oftentimes goes right against our grain because we, we feel like, uh, well, I'm not ready, I'm too young, I'm too old, I'm too this, I'm too that. And uh, to live your life expectant and ready for whatever God brings your way is, is important. Definitely, definitely. Now, over, over the years of leading Hillsong, I'm sure, obviously, um, just as all in ministry have, you faced challenges as a pastor, right? Um, yes. Can you think back to those early days when you were first planting Hillsong, you and Bobby first were, you know, venturing out in faith. Can you share um, some of those early challenges that you faced and how God helped you move through those? <laughs> well, we started having challenges the, the week we started because <laughs> our church got uh, smaller every every week for the first month or two that we, so I think we started with 70 people, 7-0. Right. And over the next four weeks, it worked its way down to 45. So we were going, <laughs> we were going in the wrong direction quickly. I worked out at that rate, we only had four and a half more weeks and there'd be no more people. <laughs> and so, you know, um, yeah, look, there's been many, many challenges along the way, uh, some opposition along the way. Uh, when Hillsong began to become known 
across Australia secularly. We face tremendous opposition from virtually every media outlet you can imagine, every magazine, every newspaper, every television. And we had a lot of relentless uh, negativity criticism pointed at us for a long, long time. And so we managed to come through all of that. But we've always had to overcome other people's cynicism and uh, sometimes, of course, the loudest voices of cynicism are, in, are inside us, not just from around us. Right. And so, uh, yes, there's challenges along the way. And I don't think you ever graduate from that. You have some in those early days. But, you know, as things go on, sometimes your capacity has to grow because, in fact, the pressures and the stresses and the challenges and the big decisions you have to make only increase, only grow. As a pastor, as a man of God seeking to lead um, the people that he entrusted you to. As as you come into these challenges, are there certain things that, that you have found to be helpful for you in your journey to navigate these challenges? Are there certain practices or, or certain things that you've grown and have, have learned throughout your journey to help you overcome these challenges? There's a few things that would come to mind. I think having the right people around us, you know, your key team and the people that you trust and the people you love, to always have people around you who you can trust enough to be having the conversations, talking with, and uh, make sure that you don't face the battles and challenges alone. I think that oftentimes we can make the mistake of internalizing things and, uh, you know, trying to battle through things in our own strength. And it's amazing if you just have the right people around you, have a little word of wisdom there, uh, you know, just a little, a little encouragement here can make a massive difference. Uh, when it comes to challenges, I think it comes back to reminding ourselves of the various things over the years that God has brought us through. Mm. And sometimes you look at some of the amazing challenges you faced and then look at how God brought you through and not only brought you through, but made you a better person because of it. I think some of the challenges I've faced have definitely made me a better person. David actually says in Psalm 119, he said, it was good for me that I have this affliction. Uh, and I don't think any of us at the time are thinking this challenge was good for me. This pain, <laughs> this pain is good for me. This affliction is good for me. But sometimes we can look back and see how God turned that around and used it. And like I say, maybe made me a humbler person, a wiser person, a more compassionate and understanding pastor. So nothing gets wasted serving God. Yeah, that's so good. And that reminds me of in the book is you're talking about winning our daily battles. Like, so, yeah. so every day um, there are going to be things that, that we face. You know, they might be small, they might be big, but, but that faithfulness and that consistency of winning those battles each and every day, as you said, kind of builds us for, yeah. for what's coming next in our lives, right? Yeah, we can only live our lives one day at a time. You know, Jesus said, don't worry about tomorrow, sufficient for today is its own trouble. And I do think that, uh, you know, if we can just every day win those little battles, those little things and come through every day, no matter what is confronting us, what challenges we are facing internally, externally, whatever. But if we just decide today is going to be a day of victory and we win the little battles, it's amazing how we find ourselves in a great place to win the bigger battles. 
Amen. Now, um, your book focuses on this idea of there's more, right? And that's, I mean, it's the title of the book. And it's always that God has has things that are, that are huge beyond us. His dreams are bigger than our wildest dreams. Um, and he's calling us into this grand adventure, all of this. Can you talk a little bit about how this idea of of more needs to be kind of in a kind of in a, a right place because oftentimes yeah. in our society, you know, this idea of more, 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 you know, almost can be, you know, selfish or, you know, mm-hmm. you're just chasing after big stuff, but there's uh, right in the book, how there's this balanced understanding of what God is, is doing and what that more looks like. Can you talk a little bit about yeah. that, that struggle? Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, very, it, to be honest, the very first page of my book, I have it open right now, and uh, in about the first or second paragraph, it says the narrative of this book is not about selfishness and greed. It's not about acquiring more, about avarice and indulgence. It's not even an essay on satisfaction and self-fulfillment. It's about calling. God's amazing plan for your life and the sufficiency of his grace and superseding your wildest dreams, all for a purpose bigger than you are. And so I think that in a nutshell, tries to help people to understand this is not a book about us just selfishly wanting more of this and more of that. It's much more about God's heart for us. It's all about God's purpose. It's all about the fact that we're on this adventure called life. And on the back of the book, it says, live the adventure, defy all odds, exceed your wildest dreams. And so if we could only see ourselves the way that God sees us and believe what his word says about us, then I believe on this adventure called life, it's not finished yet. Wherever you're at, it's not finished yet. There is more. And if we just live believing that from here on, it's not going to be a downward slide. It's going to be more of God's promise, more of God's purpose, and more challenges and more difficulties to overcome as well. But I wanted it to be clear really up front, this is not a book that is uh, going to cause people to uh, write it off as a uh, you know a self-help prosperity avarice greed you know go after more it's much more about god has so much for you and if we can just see ourselves the way he sees us then fulfilling the adventurous serving god you will defy the odds you will fulfill your wildest dreams and you will live an incredible adventure yeah, I, I love that. And I, and I asked that question because I wanted you to, to uh, touch on that because what I loved throughout the book was that this more, um, as you write, this more is always being focused in on our lives reaching more and experiencing more is all focused in on God's purpose, right? And this calling that yes. he's calling us into. So it's not that more yeah. for us, really. It's it's more because God is a massive God. He has a huge mission in our world. Um, and, and he is calling us into his purposes, which are huge and amazing in the experiences we can have. So so that yeah. that more is more glorifying God and more yeah. in step with God, right? Yeah, for sure. More understanding, more knowledge, more revelation, just more of his purpose. You know, one of my favorite verses is 2 Timothy 1 verse 9 that says he has saved us and called us, not according to our good works, but according to his purpose and grace. So in one verse, it says he has saved us, called us, purposed us, and graced us. And I just love the idea, I already mentioned this, of not just living saved, but living called, purposed, and graced for God's will and God's plan for our lives. 
Amen. And um, as as we're talking to pastors and they're thinking of uh, you know the people who who are in their congregation, the people God's entrusted to them, and you know really talking about this idea of salvation and people coming to Christ, but then moving into that idea of being called. How and how are some practical ways that a pastor can help their people move beyond just coming to Christ and move into this idea of of going with Christ into His mission in the world? Yeah, look, I honestly think the way we preach and teach uh, points to that. The greatest compliment I think that any business person or any person really in our church can give me is when they say, all we've done is taken the principles we've learned from you, learned at church and applied them to our business. To me, that's what it's all about, equipping people for the more, for the calling on their lives. And uh, I guess that's, that's just what I live for. That's I, I, I don't want people just to come to church and for us to feed them devotionally. There's certainly a part in that and a place for that. But I want to inspire and equip them for what God has for their lives. And that's why we always talk about not just preaching to people's Sundays, but preaching to their Mondays. We have an incredible opportunity to use the Word of God to build the lives of people in a way where they find themselves in the exceeding abundant and above anything they could ever have asked or thought. Amen. Amen. What words of encouragement would you give to pastors who are you know, kind of continuing again to just be faithful to God, um, but they sense that God has more for them. What encouragement would you give them um, if you're sitting down over, uh, you know, a cup of coffee with them to encourage them to step into that more? What are some practical things that they can start doing? Yeah, Yeah, you know, I'm the most impatient person in the world. (laughs) And, uh, you know, for me, it never feels like it's happening quick enough. When it comes to, you know, stepping into God's promise for my life, you know, I always wished it was quicker. And you can look on at a church like uh, Hillsong and it looks like it just triples and quadruples every year. But when you've been on the inside for 34 years, it hasn't felt like that. You know, it's one step, two steps forward, one step backwards, two steps forward. And, you know, it's just you keep doing what you're doing a long time. And it's amazing. Uh, where you find yourself ending up. You outlast your critics and you keep turning up and you just keep trusting God. And and then it's more, I think, that you look back sometimes and say, wow, God has brought us so far. Mm. And uh, I am living in much more than I I could have imagined. Life's about faithfulness. It is a daily decision. It's you know, it's building step by step and it's winning the small battles, winning the small victories. And, uh, you know, if you were to ask me more, Never happens quick enough, but God is pretty good at fulfilling his own word and ends up giving an amazing story to tell. (laughs) Amen. Amen. If people wanted to learn more about your book, uh, There Is More, and and more about Hillsong Ministry, where where could they go and what are are some places where they could find out more? Well, obviously, uh, the church website's just hillsong.com. And, uh, you know, anyone's welcome to go on there. And it obviously uh, introduces who we are and uh, introduces what we're about and so on and leads to all the various aspects of Hillsong's ministry. Uh, With my book, There Is More, Uh, again, there'll be a pathway through just hillsong.com that will lead to that. Um, And then, you know, we've got this website, thereismorebook.com which, of course, will lead directly to the book. And we've got a tour coming up here in the USA, which we're excited about. One in April, actually, and one in October, going to various cities with our worship team. 
uh, with a brand new worship album called There Is More and me speaking and this book being available through every ticket. So for more information on that, you can go to premierproductions.com and uh, tickets are available there. Excellent. Sounds like um, a lot of a lot of excitement um, surrounding the book and then a, a Hillsong Worship album being released around it as well. Yeah. And uh, just a message I think that um, everyone needs to hear, you know what I mean, to be encouraged, yes. especially in the world in which we live, where oftentimes it seems like we're trying, you know, we're being pressed down, right? Um, this yeah. idea that, you know, God is lifting us up and calling us into greater things. So um, all of those uh, websites that Brian has shared with us will be available in the show notes. And so you guys can get more information on um, the book and on this book tour, which sounds absolutely incredible. And it will have all that available to you as well. So, Brian, yeah. I just I just want to thank you for, again, making the time to be with our, our listeners and to share your heart and, and just to hear how God has uh, been faithful to you over the years, you and Bobby, as you've been faithful to to him so thank you so much for being with us thank you look i honestly genuinely just want the best for people and i just if people could just get a glimpse of the way god sees them through this book and a glimpse of the incredible journey it is the adventure of serving jesus then that's what it's all about i notice on the back of the book is I'm reading it, you know, it's just got this statement, live the adventure, defy all odds, exceed your wildest dreams. If this book leads people to doing that, then I feel like it was a success. Amen. <laughs> Thank you so much again. God bless you. Thank you. I appreciate you taking the time to be with us on this week's episode. Every week as we are putting the episodes together, we're thinking of you, our pastors and ministry leaders, and striving to provide insightful and inspiring interviews as you seek to grow as a kingdom leader. So we hope you're finding value from the Church Leaders Podcast. And if so, we'd certainly appreciate you taking a few moments to head over to iTunes and leave us a review. Your positive reviews and ratings help other church leaders more easily find our podcasts so they too can benefit from these interviews. Again, we thank you in advance. And if you have any comments, any questions, suggestions, or ideas for guests, I would love to hear from you. You can send me an email to podcast at churchleaders.com or you can connect with me on Twitter. Finally, you can find this podcast as well as other great faith-based podcasts on the FaithPlay app. It's available for both Apple and Android, and so we encourage you to check that out as well. So until next time, this is Jason Day encouraging you to love well and lead well. You've been listening to the Church Leaders Podcast. For articles, videos, and free resources that will help you lead better every day, visit our website, churchleaders.com. Thanks for listening.